Welcome to Daily Dose of Dr. Mary and Dee. I'm Maz Mary, And I'm Dana DelVal. Whether you're a person on an addiction sobriety path, or you know someone who is, we're here to talk about our journey with it. And more importantly, we want to help end the stigma and shame of alcoholism. And we want to bring some hope and laughter along the way too. Thanks for tuning in. Good morning. Good morning. I forgot that it's faster when we're doing a pre-record than it is when we're going straight to live. <laughs> that caught you. Yeah, it did. We are um, bringing you this conversation. It's the first of a two-part conversation between a husband and wife. We're starting with Kevin, and then next week we'll be live with his wife, Kayla. But let's get right to it and bring Kevin onto the screen. Hi, Kevin. Hey, Kevin. Hey, how's it going? Great. How are you? Good. 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 Thanks for joining us. This is um, exciting. I hope you don't feel like you got roped into this by your wife and me. No, no, uh, not at all. <laughs> Good. Good. I know sometimes not everybody wants to, you know, be out loud and proud about everything and sure. it feels like a little bit of a trap, but that is not, not at all a problem. The conversation. Yeah. Um, so Kevin, let's just start where we always start, which is you go back to wherever you want to go back to and make your way forward to where you are today, because today you are a smiling, happy alcoholic, enjoying sobriety, correct? Right, yes, yeah. Excellent, Excellent. so go back as far as you wanna go, Kevin, and we'll just be along for the ride. Sure, um, so my relationship to alcohol and to, um, the world of being an alcoholic really goes back um, about as long as I can remember. Um, my parents are both um, in long-term uh, recovery. Um, and so I grew up um, around the AA clubhouse that they they uh, went to. Like all, hang on, I'm sorry. I'm, You're okay. I'm trying to mute my phone because my wife keeps on texting me. So, okay. So, <laughs> yeah. So I, I grew up, um, most of my friends' parents were all pe people from uh, the AA and meetings, um, uh, go going to like all of their events and picnics and open meetings. And like, that's just where I grew up. So, um, coming up into like high school age and I start to learn more about like what, well, you know, cause pe people begin drinking and stuff. And then I'm like, Oh, like I have this, uh, thing where <laughs> alcohol is very much a part of my family and I, I need to watch out for that. Right. Um, and so, I didn't really start to drink until I was in college. Um, and I thought that I was drinking just as much as everyone else was. Um, looking back at it now, I can see that I was drinking way more than everyone else was. Mm. Um, and then, so pretty much all through my early 20s, then I was. Um, um, just drinking a lot. Um, and I mean, we can go more in, 
into d detail with that if you want to, but um, it kind of all came to a head when um, my daughter was born um, and actually not even until she was one. Um, that was when I had a night where um, my wife was out of town and I was at home with the baby and I drank to the point that I, if, if anything would have happened, I would have been unable to care for her. Yeah. And, um, my wife actually called some friends to c come over and just spend the night so I could go pass out. And I got, uh, belligerent with them. And it was like, just, that was what I needed to see, uh, that what I was doing can't continue. Um, and then that, that was when I quit was, was that day. So. And did you quit of your own accord, Kevin? Yeah. So, so I, I had, um, I had a buddy that I worked with that I knew was in AA. And so I called him up and I was like, Hey, I need to go to a meeting. Um, and, and also, um, a, a huge part of my sobriety has uh, been my my parents. Um, like I use them like more than you know, both long time recovery and like they know what I'm going through, and so I just um, have really leaned on them. Um, and so. In the beginning, I was going to meetings and um, and then AA didn't really, I never really got into it. Like I liked going to meetings and I liked the c c community, but I had some negative experiences. And so that wasn't really my thing. And um, so really it's just been mostly um, the, the support and help of my parents and my friends and my wife, uh, that keeps me so, so sober still now. Well, congratulations, congratulations. first of all. Yeah. Well, and, and I should say that, uh, like my d daughter is now nine. That happened when she, she, she was one. I do not have eight continuous years of sobriety but uh i've been mostly sobered uh since since that night gosh well congratulations yeah so um i i think that you and your wife are really new to our program so you likely haven't watched the previous 316 episodes kevin <laughs> and why not <laughs> we're not going to quiz you on I, mean, I will i think we'll test you <laughs> but but i am curious to know um because when kayla wrote to me initially to talk to me about this she said that you are um that you feel very strongly that you identify as an alcoholic. Yeah. And do you feel like that is an AA thing or is that something that Ooh, is question. important for you 
as a person, where does that come from? Because I'm asking this for this reason. Sure. We started having conversations with some people who say things like, look, I don't like the term. I don't like the shame around it. Mm-hmm. I'm somebody who's choosing not to drink, but I don't want to label myself. Um, sure. but it has really shifted how I'm thinking about language and the way we talk about it. So I'm curious to know how that word yeah. worked for you. Um, for me, um, I, I need the label. Um, <laughs> I need to know that I am an alcoholic, not I was an alcoholic. Like Mm -hmm. I am an alcoholic who is in recovery and who did not drink today. Um, And that's what I need to know. And and I think that just that I think just comes from growing up around AA and um. Yeah, I guess why that term is that important to me, I think is just growing up around it. And and so from growing up around um, meetings and hearing, hearing people's stories from a very young age, like I was very self-aware. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew I knew I had a problem um, and it took that instance with my daughter to just be like, okay, like, like that has to be it. Um, but, but like, I didn't ruin my life. I never lost a job because of it. I don't have any DUIs, although I primarily drank in the car by myself. So I don't know how I don't have any DUIs, but that, that's a whole nother story. But, um, um, like, as far as like my life was, uh, things were going great. Like I didn't hit rock bottom, like in that like traditional s- sense of like losing everything and yeah. um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I just had that one really hard experience and that was enough to initiate that change. I, um, I have talked a lot about the fact that I was naive to what alcoholism looked like because mm-hmm. I thought if you kept your job and yeah. went to work and didn't get a DUI and didn't crash your car, right. that you might be drinking too much, but that it wasn't alcoholism. I just had a really narrow definition of what it means to be an alcoholic. Um, and I, I think that you have maybe also... Um, been a little bit discriminated against because you also fit in that broader definition of what it means to be an alcoholic. Can you talk about that a little bit? Just the, the struggle you had to sort of be accepted as an alcoholic? Yeah. So that's, that's kind of part of my thing with AA is I, I had some negative experiences and I know there's the, uh, you know, there's, tons of meetings there's tons of different groups i know if i put the time in and i tried i i'm i'm sure i would find a meeting that i like with people that i like and it would be fine but that just hasn't been a a, a part of of my story yet but early on though i was going um to meetings like a couple times a week for the first 
couple months um, because, you know, that's what you do, right? Um, Go to meetings. And I had a number of times where it would be like almost always it was like an old crabby looking white guy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I would be sharing a part of my story and then... I would get uh, just like a, like, 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 whatever, that's nothing like, and, and that, that was really hard for me. Cause like, I'm here sharing a part of my story. Um, and then I'm getting looked at like, what is this guy doing here? Um, and so I just didn't feel like I was a part of the club. Um, Ooh. Sorry that happened. So yeah, and and I like I I like I I have nothing against AA. Like I would happily tell people to go to meetings, and I would go with people to meetings if I got asked. Like it's just not really for me. Yeah, well, I I think that's been um, another interesting piece to having multiple conversations yeah. is that there's no one path to sobriety. There's no right. one right path to sobriety. So um, do you have anything you want to say? Because I feel like I'm doing all the talking. Uh, no, you're, you're asking all the right questions. You just beat, you kind of beat me to oh. it a couple of times. So I'm, you don't have, if you don't want to answer this question, actually say, ask me another <laughs> Next. one. But, okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't want to put you on the spot. So you mentioned earlier that you, you mostly drank alone in your car. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So um, another thing that I'll mention quick is I have been very public about my sobriety, like posting on Facebook about it. And like everyone who knows me knows that I don't drink. And a part of that uh, was a very intentional choice that like that, that needs to be my accountability because mm. i i know now like that didn't happen until after my first relapse but now i know that like like i don't want to hide the fact that i'm an alcoholic because that makes it too easy to drink but mm-hmm. if if everyone that knows me n- knows then if i sneak into a bar and i see someone i know like that so I've been very open in public and I don't care about talking about anything. So drinking in the car. Um, <laughs> so that that was much more t- towards the end um, of my drinking um, because I was hiding how much I was consuming for my wife. Um, she had no idea even close to how much I was actually drinking. And so what I would do is I would go to the liquor store at the grocery store because then on the bank statement, it comes up as the grocery store name. Um, And then I would buy uh, like a big like malt, malt liquor energy drink thing. And then on the way from the store to home, I would just chug it and throw the, the can out the window. There's no evidence. There's no nothing. Um, and so 
it got to the point where that that was happening almost every time I left the house. Um, not, but not at work ever. <laughs> I never drink at work, which is like I crossed a lot of lines. But for some reason, that's one that I never did. Yeah, I didn't know either. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah. So that that the, that was where it progressed to um, towards the end. Yeah, I wonder if for both of you, did you feel like as long as you could be responsible at your job, mm. you were in control of it, and you were still doing your sort of most basic core responsibility, which was earning your money to bring home to your family to make, you know, I mean, maybe that, that was some that of it. That is exactly how I felt. And I said, I kept getting great student evaluations. I was, you know, I, I, I blanked out how annoying I had become to my department because I just thought they didn't know anything. Mm-hmm. But I was getting these great reviews. So, you know, the, the administration would, they'd look at you, you know, if you're, if you're teaching, started to falter they say there's a problem going on here but mine didn't sure so and i'm not saying you know you beat the system it was just one of right it, it, with with five years of hindsight i wish it had mm-hmm. <laughs> you know so we could have got to this point quicker but yeah. it didn't but i'm at this point now so yeah i didn't i didn't thankfully damage that many people with my drink i mean obviously i damaged dana and quina um a bit but I think that could have been a lot worse. I think that last point is closer to how I felt was that like, I'm not, I'm only hurting myself. Mm. Um, And as long as it wasn't really affecting anyone else, it's fine. But clearly it was affecting my my wife and my daughter and my family and my close friends that we were spending time with. But like, I was just not seeing that at yeah. the time, obviously. Yeah. So you're in a you're in a really fascinating position to me to answer my next question for you because you are somebody who is. It sort of sounds like almost religiously brought up in AA. That was where you spent your childhood. I mean, as you were talking, I thought, hell, that's how the Methodist Church in Wapaton was for me. We were like potlucks and we went to, you know, Sunday school and we did all these things together. And all my friends' parents went there. And so I went to Sunday school with all my friends and this, that, the other. Um, so you have this, this cultural and personal deep experience with AA, but it is not something that you actively go to. So my question for you is this, because you were quick to point out to us that you've not had eight years of continuous sobriety. Right. Do you view that then as you were, let's, I'll just guess, let's say you're two years sober and you have a drink. In your mind, did you have to go... Oh, okay. <laughs> Did you have to go all the way back to 24 hours and start again? Or was it just a moment of that was a hiccup and now I'm now I'm here today? Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that's another thing with AA is that like so there's so much put on like your like how long you've been sober, right? that when 
you lose that it's devastating and you like you hide it you don't tell people because you're ashamed and um i didn't like that either um and so i don't i don't keep track like i don't know know the last day i drank i don't even really know how many years it's been at this point like mm -hmm. i just like that number is not important to me what's important to me is that I I was sober yesterday. I'm sober today, and I'll hopefully stay sober tomorrow. Yeah, like that's a perfectly healthy attitude to have, anyway. Yeah, a positive one too. You just you don't dwell on anything. You just keep moving forward. Right, right. And so, and a part of it, I'm sure, is because the first time that I relapsed, I like felt bad about like, oh, I lost my thing. Now, like, um as I'm coming up again, do I get the, uh, the medallions again? Like, what do, like, how does that all work? And yeah. <laughs> it's whatever. funny. I asked Maz that too. I said, so we got five years of sobriety. I'm looking at all these month chips and, yeah. years, and let's say you had a drink tonight. Do you have to give those back? What do you, right. what happens with those? Yeah. Like, and so like that, and, and you know what, that, that, that's important to some people and that helps them stay sober. And that's great. I just don't, yeah. Yeah. I don't need that. Is there anything that you do, Kevin, above and beyond just being vocal and public about your own journey that has has kept you moving forward as a sober person? Sure. Um I think such a big part of it has been just um who, who the people that I have in my life um and and the fact that like all all my friends like were and have always been like very supportive and like not um you know pushing drinks on me in the beginning and stuff like I didn't get any of that um and it's just not it it's just not an issue um and there are the other thing that's very helpful is that Kayla doesn't drink, uh, my wife. Um, and that's more because, like, she gets heartburn really bad and she gets headaches. And so, I mean, it's more just, like, not not really a thing for her. So it's not a big deal. But, like, times, times that she has had, like, half a bottle of wine in the fridge or something, like, I will drink that if it's there. Um, I, oh. like, yeah. Like I can't, I can't not. So I just have like, so we just dump it out usually yeah. um, and it's fine. But like, even at the point that I'm at now being eight years into this journey, like if it's there for more than a day or two, like I am thinking about it every minute I'm home. Mm. That's interesting. Wow. So what keeps you from? Yeah drinking yeah i don't know <laughs> well it's working yeah, yeah I mean, that's yeah. that's so I mean, admirable. I'm, I'm i'm what people in the program would refer to as a dry drunk because i'm not actively doing anything but um I, it's working <laughs> wow wow that's incredible i don't know that we've talked to anybody who I think we have, has 
been that clear about it. Um, despite the fact that, you know, I, I know there are people who feel like that and now we've met you, but that's, that's just an incredible thing. I think as a human being to, to have that kind of pull on anything, I don't care what it is. Mm -hmm. um, I, I often, often reference the fact that I feel about special K bars, the way an alcoholic feels about whatever their alcohol of choice is. Sure. There is a pan of special K bars in this house. I will just eat them. I could go in, be sick to my stomach and come right back out and eat them again. I mean, I just cannot have them in the house. Right. But a pan of special K bars feels a lot less accessible and a lot less culturally accepted than, oh, you get home from work, kick back, have a beer, have a glass of wine at dinner, go out for drinks here. Yeah. Go. To I mean, it's it's such a different kind of thing that mm -hmm. I, I just find it really amazing that you're not even exactly sure how you're staying sober and yet you've done it for years. That's so impressive. Yes, it is. Um, one thing that's been pretty helpful lately, uh, just in like the last year or two, is that breweries are now coming out with a lot of really good non-alcoholic beers. Yep. Like before it was just like O'Doul's and that was about it. And and that's, I mean, that's fine. But like now there's all kind of, there's, there's any IPAs, which, <laughs> what? That's awesome. <laughs> oh yeah. So, and before, uh, right when I quit drinking, um, uh, there was a group of like four of us that were getting really into homebrew and uh, like, like becoming beer snobs. And so like all the crazy beers, uh, I, I, I miss that. So I'm yeah. getting to have a little bit of that and that's been, been really cool. Is it hard to drink non-alcoholic beer as a former beer snob or is it, is it really the ritual of it and the closeness of it is enough? Yeah, I think uh, it it it's enough. Yeah, like to to come home like when it's hot out and like to go out back and sit in the backyard and watch the dog chase after the ball and have like just a cold beer in my hand. Yeah. Like something about that just feels really good. Yeah. And um, it doesn't matter that it's non-alcoholic because I I don't know it. Uh, that's it. Just there's something about that. Yeah. yeah. Kevin, have you tried hop water? H yes. Do you yeah. like it? I love that. It's so, so good. Here's what's weird, yeah. Kevin. I don't drink any beer. I think in my entire life, I've probably had four beers. Okay. I think hop water is out of this yeah. world. It's so good. I know. It's so it's good. I don't understand <laughs> how I can like it when I don't like the taste of beer. And I also don't understand what it is. I mean, yeah, it's I don't really know water. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It, it has nothing in it. It has no calories. Yeah. Right. It, yeah. It's yeah. It's like a sachet of hops. I, it's so weird. Yeah. It's, so it's so good. good. Yeah. Like, like, so like, that's my like, like hot hot day I'm outside drink because yep. oh, it's so good. Yeah. Early on when we first started having guests on, mm -hmm. we invited two good friends of ours who I think would both say they're kind of beer snobs 
we invited them to do an NA taste testing with us. So we did Caliber and Heineken and Hop Water and um, Hairless Dog, which is a St. Paul company. You had any of their stuff? They have I a, haven't had theirs yet. Okay, well, they have a coffee stout we did and an IPA. Yep. I think those were the five that we did. Sure. And uh, the other two men had not had any of them, and they thought they were they really quite good. Them. I mean, yep. they both agreed that there would be no reason in the world, if you're out mowing the lawn on a hot day, that they right. wouldn't consider a hop water as easily as they would consider yep. a regular beer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's I I find hop water to just be astonishing. It's kind of magical. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> so um, I'm really curious to know, Kevin, what what you talked about your parents a little bit, but mm-hmm. how now you're in this middle generation. So you grew yeah. up with parents. You now have a a child or more. Mm-hmm. How are you navigating those mm-hmm. relationships? understanding the you know there's propensity in family lines and there's cultural and all of this how are you thinking through all of that three generation thing yeah so it's actually more than so my mom's parents uh are and were uh before my grandpa passed also long-term recovery like wow. my entire life like they quit before i was born but okay. so um i i have so much of it just in my blood right um yeah and i don't know i mean so our kids are nine and five so okay. we haven't really had to talk about it much but like our nine-year-old like knows like what alcohol is mm-hmm. and she knows that I don't drink it but mom does every once in a while if we're like out at a restaurant then she'll get like mm-hmm. a Moscow uh meal or something um but like she knows that like it's not for kids and that's okay. all the further that we've needed to go at this point um mm-hmm. and I haven't really given a whole lot of thought to that like I can just imagine though, like when, when our daughter's in college, like just being scared mm-hmm. all the time of what, what she's doing, which I think that's a normal, is probably a normal thing, whether you're an alcoholic or not. <laughs> to- you know what? I think that's a fair point. So yeah, our, yeah, our son is a young adult, so we can say yeah. on the other end of it. Yeah. I mean, he and I talk about it fairly regularly fairly regularly Regularly. now because he's really into mixology. And so, you know, we talk a lot about, hey, let's just check in. I don't mind that you're mixing drinks. I mind if you're drinking all those mixed drinks, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? And so I think think it's a smart thing to check in with everybody on a somewhat regular basis because- It's all connected then too. There's a connection. And also it can get away from- the smartest person, the most conscientious, whatever. It, it, alcohol doesn't care who you are. So, right. you know, important, I think, to just be having those conversations periodically. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, Kevin, this has been really, it really has. interesting. It was, a, it was a great conversation. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys for thank having me. You. Yeah. And um, 
we'll look forward to hearing from Kayla yeah. next, well, next week. Next week. Because, yeah. um, you know, I, I can say as the sober one watching it for years, it's a different experience. It's, you know, you go through the same thing, but you see it from a very, very yeah. different side. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm interested to see what she says also. <laughs> 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 great tune in next thursday yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> kevin thanks, thanks so kevin. much have great a great night have a great night Take we'll care. talk to you soon yes. bye. 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 Else, we will see you live next tuesday thanks bye bye thanks so much for tuning in to daily dose of dr mary and dd if you enjoyed the content and want to learn more, head over to Facebook to Daily Dose Dr. Mary DD. You can find us on YouTube under Dana DelVal. And if you want to get signed up for our weekly newsletter, email me at D-A-Y-N-A at D-A-Y-N-A-D-E-L-V-A-L dot com. Have a great day. We hope to see you soon. Bye-bye.